wonderful. Thanks so much for watching Zen Femme TV. And if you're listening to the Zen Femme podcast, thanks for listening in. I have a special treat for you today as I've got Hay House author and coach Lauren Robertson here to talk about her book, The Medium in Manolos, A Life-Affirming Guide to Modern Mediumship. So Lauren helps developing mediums overcome fears and limiting beliefs so they can develop the confidence to do truly transformational work with spirit. So welcome, Lauren. Thanks so much for being here. And uh, how are you? <laughs> Hi, Karen. Hi, everyone at Zenfem TV. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, so I just wanted to ask you a little bit, we'll dive right in, about what are some of the fears and limiting beliefs that come up for people that might think that they have or notice that they have mediumistic abilities? Wow, that is a great question to start off with. So that's always been my area of interest because as a medium myself and a coach for mediums, the most common thing that my clients asked me, and again, the question that was on my mind quite early in my journey was, what next? When you're training as a medium, the fundamentals of communication with spirit are actually fairly basic. Once you have got a handle on them and you sort of know what you're doing, the question, as I say for me, was always, well, what's next? And my journey has been that what was next is when you know how to do mediumship, what actually are the things that stand in your way that stop you from doing the things you need to do to be a better medium? So for example, getting loads of practice on different personality types and different sorts of clients to really hone that ability to feel the personality of the person in spirit and being in community or sitting in a circle and continuing your training and really treating it sort of seriously and going for it consistently. Even though many of us know that those are some of the things we need to do to be a great medium, things stop us. And so for me, that what next question was to look at what the fears and limiting beliefs were that were getting in the way of potentially great mediums from actually doing the things that they know to do to enhance their abilities. And just like with entrepreneurs and in many other aspects of life, some of the fears were very common that were coming up. There was the fear of rejection, the fear of criticism, the fear of failure, the fear of success. But one that's a very special breed of fear that comes up for mediums is definitely that fear of you know, ostracization or being thought of as a weirdo or a fake or a charlatan. I don't know what things are like where you are, Karen, but here in Scotland we have a very um, a history of sort of witch burning and witch trials that we ain't proud of. And so these are some of the fears and limiting beliefs that a person starting out might have consciously or they may have subconsciously. And one of the things as well that I'm really passionate about helping mediums with is having a better relationship with wealth and abundance or money. And initially that might not seem super related to how we might talk to people who've passed the spirit, but what it's really about, what it has in common is value and worth. 
And often the way we are with wealth and money is emblematic of our own self-worth and our own self-evaluation. And so that's another way that we can look at where a medium or a spiritual practitioner might be limited in that way as a way into helping them with their limiting beliefs and their spiritual work and their mediumship. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would relate. And it's something that when you're kind of developing these abilities and you're learning more about how you have even have these abilities and like what to do with it, I could see how the, the money piece would just be like something that you're not even considering or thinking about and it can go a little bit too far <laughs> in the other direction. And so it's really good that you raise the awareness around that actually being a fact <laughs> of, of life that we have to handle. And so um, it's good to bring awareness around that topic. Um, did you experience that when you first, like, okay, so let's go back a little bit and, um, I want to ask, like, when did you realize that you had these abilities? So for me, it was a progression. Ever since I was a young child, I've always been very, very sensitive and deeply empathic. I always knew when there was adults arguments going on or the atmosphere wasn't quite right or my mum was upset about something I always had this very keen and finely tuned empathic ability when I was of school age from about eight years old to about 12 or 13 I kept coming down with tonsillitis over and over and over again and all the time that I spent not at school when I was at home recovering probably should have been doing my schoolwork, but instead I was reading about angel cards and dream interpretation and witchcraft was one of my favorites, paganism, and you know, just learning everything about these esoteric and mystical arts. And it was only actually much later, when I was about 20 or 21, that I realized I was a medium and I realized that all of these pieces were almost signposts that were supposed to come together in such a way for me to have this ability to connect and communicate with people and spirit. So yeah, it was about 20 or 21, but the signs were definitely there long before that day. Absolutely. So when you realized that around 20 or 21, did you, like what kind of fears came up for you then? Did any come, come up or were you kind of like, yay, I have this gift and I'm just going to run with it? <laughs> oh, plenty of fears came up. I wrote about it in the book and the medium and the nolos that the first time I realized it was a medium, it was fairly dramatic. Mm -hmm. And basically what had happened was I had been doing psychic readings up till that point, but I had just been like, okay, if I focus on the angel cards or focus on the tarot, things can't get too wild or too weird. We're just reading cards here. Yeah. And I had got a job when I was 16 as a professional intuitive. So I was working all around the country and it had just been like psychic or angel card readings. And then one day I was doing a reading in a pub in Glasgow and this woman the only way I can describe it is that her need was so great that it burst through any sort of limitations or expectations that I thought about what I could do. And the impression of her dad who died was so, so strong around me and was so strong on my um, consciousness and on my awareness that I literally had no idea what I was doing, but I just found myself talking about this person who had died. 
and I literally wrote in the book that after that night I went home and like ran home and hid under the duvet and was trembling like when Spider-Man discovers his powers for the first time and he wrecks his whole room and he's just like in his room not knowing how to handle what was happening. That's how I felt. But then the next morning when I woke up, I definitely had this feeling of like exhilaration and purpose and like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is how I'm supposed to be helping people. So the fears were really uh, definitely just regular, like young women, teenage fears that I had, you know, about not really knowing myself, having self-doubt, doubting my abilities, um, worrying that people would think I was bragging or boasting if I tried to do something special in the world. Um, and they just so happened to superimpose themselves on this extraordinary thing that happened to me one day during one of my readings that was this person coming through from spirit. So yes, limiting beliefs were definitely there, insecurities, self-doubt, all the things that you know we commonly face when we're trying to find our way in the world, especially as women. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure if you talk about this in the book, but do you have any kind of um, I guess signs or like I know pro people probably experience it in a different way everyone has a different experience when they realize that they have this ability do you have um, or do you talk about that at all in the book like if someone just doesn't know yet they're not sure um, what might be some signs that they are going in that direction Awesome, another great question. So the Medium and Manolos, I wrote it as a timeline of my journey because when I started out in my mediumship journey, I started out grieving. So I started out with a loss in my life and that loss developed into this interest in the, the mystical and then that developed into the psychic stuff. And so I basically chart that journey through the book so that anyone at any stage, whether they are in grief or whether they're sort of like, oh, some spooky stuff has started happening to me, what do I make of this? Or whether they've got a world tour doing mediumship demonstrations under their belt, is going to be able to get something out of it because the approach that I take mm -hmm. to mediumship is as a coach. It's not your run-of-the-mill sort of mediumship training as I say like once you've got that down it's down but for me it's very much about developing the medium from the inside out and having the medium know and understand themselves better so yes I think that spirit gives you lots of signs to let you know and our loved ones in spirit often leave us these little breadcrumbs to let us know we're on the right track um, you know, everything from feathers to finding coins to hearing music that reminds you of a person, uh, you know, smelling a fragrance that reminds you of them and you don't know where that's coming from. All of these are early signs, not just that your loved one's with you, but that your awareness is also opening up to them. And then for me, the next level has always been what I call dreamiumship. So many of us dream about our loved ones who've passed away. And for me, that is a very special experience that as an early precursor to you to like having mediumship capacity that you can develop. Many of us, hopefully many of your listeners and viewers at the moment will recognize that they've had a dream about a loved one that's passed away that felt more than just, oh, that was a weird dream, you know, let's get on with my day. It felt more than that. If you have, then that is a good indication that you have some mediumistic ability. That's wow. a sign. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've definitely had that happen before. <laughs> right. My mother, especially, she. I remember her telling me growing up how she would have dreams about um, her brother who had passed away, and just 
the feeling that she would get in the dream, like it was real, like he was hugging her and she could actually feel it. Like it wasn't just like a dream. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just thinking of my mom, like if she had developed that further, I wonder where she would be now. <laughs> Cause it seems like that's, yeah, that can be looked at further. Yeah. yeah it's never too late. Yeah. Cool. Um, so let's see, how did you kind of get onto this path of, um, or how did you develop your path of becoming a coach for mediums? Mediumship and coaching are my two professional passions. And what it really arose from is that I spent 13 years doing readings. So I must have done about 30,000 readings in 13 years because it was my full-time job. So if you can imagine, I was doing seven readings five nights a week for 13 years. Wow. And in that time, it was really twofold. Number one, I realized that I thought I was somebody for everybody. I thought I could just do a reading for whoever walked through the door and, you know, try to please everyone and that was that. But I was starting to have some feelings of dissatisfaction and that maybe my gifts weren't for as much general use, um, you know, trying to please everybody. So that was the first piece was that, you know, sometimes people were not turning up for their readings or weren't really like listening to what I was saying or were coming with an agenda that wasn't really the best way that I can serve. Just these kind of things. And I was starting to find that a little bit tiresome. And then the second piece was I had done so many readings for some of my previous clients who had come back to see me again and again that I was feeling um, just not inclined to tell them any more about their life. The question naturally then became, what do you want to do with this information? What do you want to be different? This came up, what are you going to do about it? You know, it felt like the next natural step for my regular clients was to stop telling them what to do or what I saw or what spirit wanted to tell them and actually empower them to go away and take some action because I can fit a lot into a 30 minute or a one hour reading for somebody. And sometimes people were going away a bit sparkled or bamboozled, like not really sure what to do with that information. So I started to just feel progressively more and more that my gifts were better served, still using my connection to spirit and using my intuition, but using that to ask questions of my clients, to evoke the answers from within them, to hold them and uh, hold them accountable and support them as they made whatever transformation it was they were seeking from me and really to help them realize that that was within themselves. So I do offer sort of general life coaching and coaching around business and all sorts of different things. But my passion, especially with the book coming out, is coaching mediums on like proven, tried and true coaching strategies that haven't really been ever used for mediums before or really haven't been used to unlock and unpack and unfurl the mind to have greater awareness of itself and, and what it's connected to. So I started experimenting with some of my mediumship clients and people who were coming to my workshops and different things, and the results were absolutely amazing. People from having one hour session and talking about some of their fears and limiting beliefs and weaknesses were suddenly able to get names in their mediumship, you know, were suddenly like really willing to get up on platform and demonstrate in front of 40 people where before they were really afraid. So these coaching strategies seem to be a perfect match 
for what we're trying to accomplish as mediums. Mm -hmm. So that led me on to developing this approach of developing the medium from the inside out, you know, not telling them what to do, but just asking them the right questions that's going to open your doors in their mind. Um, so yeah, it's been working amazing. I've working with some really incredible mediums across the world who, again, are doing important work with their own clients and the people that they're serving. So yeah, coaching and mediumship really became a match made in heaven for me. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like it's just a really great thing that should kind of go together anyway, because you can get information from someone, but it's like, that kind of creates like a, like a dependence on, on them. They're just telling you the information and then you're like, what do I do with this? Now I have to go back like the week, the week after or the next day. So it's, it's giving them a sense of personal responsibility and I guess uh, accountability, like you said, for what they actually create with the, <laughs> with the information you're giving them. And so I can see how um, with other mediums, it probably just, it feels so good to be able to give um, other people that information and to empower them. So it, it does feel more empowering when you're, when you're able to empower someone else. So yes. And what I always start with is what do you want? Because mediums are not generally speaking, thinking about their desires or their goals enough. A lot of mediums I work with don't know that you can goal set in your mediumship. The, the dynamic has always been set up as teacher-student. You know, I have information about how to do mediumship and you do not, so I give you that information. Whereas, as I said, that has its place to teach you the fundamentals, but then beyond that, it's like, well, what do you want to do with your mediumship? What role do you want your mediumship to play in your life? What role do you as medium want to play in other people's lives? Do you see yourself doing world tours and great halls? Do you see yourself doing, you know, counselling for people who are making their transition at the end of their life? Like, what is it that you desire and want to accomplish? And then even bigger than that, as I say, like, where does your mediumship place in your life? Where do you see it serving you moving forward? And these are things that mediums, that at least the ones that have been coming to me, are absolutely bamboozled by that question because no, they've never thought about it before and nobody's ever asked them it before. And just like with anything else, when we're talking about the law of attraction and desire and goal setting, when you make a definite decision that you're going to have that thing and you begin to engage with that vision and start consciously using your vision as your North Star, really amazing miracles start happening. Seriously amazing miracles. So that's usually the point from which we depart and we let the madness begin, so to speak. <laughs> that's awesome. I feel like it's so great because like, I know a few mediums who are, it's kind of like their side gig. And yes, they can really develop further and make it their main thing. And I, and really just go with what they've been called to do. And, you know, if they feel like it's their purpose, they should really go for it not just kind exactly. of side hustle. So yes, thank you for, thank you for being the person that brings that <laughs> to them. You're welcome. And I, again, I think it's been part of my destiny because who even gets a job as a medium at 16 professionally, full time and glad no less where we're a fairly practical set of people up here um you know I always think it's been part of my destiny to say to people I'm living proof that you can do this I'm literally living proof that if you want to go out there and do your mediumship full-time and really give it gung-ho you can and believe me the world needs you the world needs you people out there are hurting real bad right now 
and death is connected to a lot of that in one way or another. So I really believe that the work of you know, true mediums that are empowering people with their mediumship, that are proving the existence of life after death to help people overcome their fears is really, really needed. So yes, doesn't need to be your side gig. You absolutely can make it happen. Awesome. <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to add um, before, we wrap up, before we wrap up? Yes, that is just one thing. So the medium in Manolo's might be different to some mediumship books that you've looked at in another way, which is that the guidance that I've been getting from Spirit recently is that mediumship has a much wider humanitarian application than what we might have previously suspected. Mediumship looks like it might be a kind of alternative lifestyle, fringe sort of way of being, where maybe you go into a tent with somebody who's got big hoop earrings and a headscarf on or something, and you don't really tell people that you go do that thing. And it's changing to become a little bit more like open and spiritual entrepreneurs, but I think we have another level yet, which is to have more people, the sort of general public, understand the benefits of this conversation about what if we don't die? What if we don't die? How would we be living differently? And that's the conversation that mediumship has the power to address. If people don't fear their own death, they start to take the risks that make life worth living. Being more honest about who they are and what they can accomplish and what they want and living more fully in that way. And if people don't fear that they're going to lose a loved one to death, and they don't think that that love is going to cease and come to an end, then their hearts open up more and they love more freely and they tell people they love them more and they act from a place of love. Whenever we think something's going to be taken from us that's valuable, like life and love, we start to act freaking weird. We start to act from a place of fear, that we have to defend ourselves, that people are our enemy, that the world is a scary place. And I'm not going to, I'm not delusionally, I know our bodies come to an end and the form that we're in right now comes to an end. That's just life. But I do think that there's a part of us that once it has existed can never stop existing and that that part of us is meaningful. And I really believe 100% that helping people move their focus off of the um, temporariness or temporality of their bodies and onto the infinity and eternality of their life and their love and the things that they do in the world matter. It can help people to make choices that are better for themselves and better for the world at large and so that's really the sort of underlying mission of the medium and the nolos and you know if anyone is watching or listening who feels that they're not necessarily a medium they're not necessarily you know like grieving as such but they do recognize that they've been living from fear of harm or something's happened to make them heartbroken that's diminished their feelings of love then i really hope that there will be strategies in the medium and the nolos that can help those people return to life and love as well Amazing. Yeah, thank you. Um, so with that, um, I know you said that the book is going to be out December 5th, but where can they get more of this information from you until then? Sure. So yes, you are correct. The book comes out on December 5th and it's, uh, it's available globally so you can buy it from wherever is local to you. If you go to a page on my website to order the book, and you enter your details there, you will be given a free gift, which is my four-part audio course. It's called Searching for Spirit, and it's been getting some acclaim. People are loving it, and it's for all levels of interest and ability and mediumship. And if 
you get your book from the same page, you will also be entered into a prize draw to win some coaching with me or to win access to my members club for mediums because we're really big on community and learning together there. So to buy your book from there and to win those prizes to get that free gift, you need to go to laurenrobertson.co.uk forward slash M-I-M for medium and Manolos dash book. Let me say that again. It's laurenrobertson.co.uk forward slash M-I-M dash book. And if you go there, you will find all the information, all the chat, what people are saying about the book, and your free gift will be with you immediately. So that will keep you busy till December 5th. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I'll definitely link that up in the show notes as well for every, everyone. So they can click the link. Um, and it sounds like an amazing opportunity to get a chance to work with you one-on-one -on -one and in a group. So we all need support. And that sounds like the perfect opportunity to get it um, in the meantime before your book comes out and it sounds amazing. So thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. It's been a pleasure. Um, it was my pleasure, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so thanks so much for joining us, everybody. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Zen Femme TV. Lots of love. <laughs>